Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, we have Stephen Taylor. How are you doing? Good. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yes. The timing worked out perfectly this year. We're recording on actual Halloween. Mind you, the episodes will come out afterwards, but you know what? In our hearts, it's Halloween. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Both of you have a good Halloween this year? Uh, It's chill. Very chill. Uh, my daughter is not huge into the, the spookiness and the decorations and everything, so she's kind of just like, nah, I'd rather just chill at home. So she's a homebody. She hasn't she hasn't got the, the horror bug yet. Uh, so, if if it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not too much for me, just uh, probably smoking a bunch and eating some candy. <laughs> Watching some, probably some classics. Well, not really classics, but classics for me. All my favorites. That's what I do on Halloween. So, yeah. yeah. I've decided tonight I'm going to watch Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. There we go. Nice. You, can, you know, for me, it's like, it's like that and Trick or Treat. Like, there are some movies that just take place in or around Halloween that just, like, fit the, the, the holiday so well. But, uh... Yes. Trick or Treat <laughs> is definitely one of those ones I always watch. Yeah, I would like to specify that this is the Michael Doherty trick or treat we're talking about. Yeah, not the Charles <laughs> Martin Smith um, heavy metal guitarist trick or treat from 1986. Which you know maybe has some merits, but uh, not, <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> maybe it's a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, yeah. Last night I just drank way too much, which you know part of me is like uh, I'm suffering, but like uh, every once in a while you gotta have to have some fun. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, uh, yeah, watched uh, two movies last night while I was preparing for the party. I was, like, getting ready, and I had these movies on in the background. Mind you, I've seen both of them, so I was never feeling lost. But, you know, you just cut in, like, you see, uh, you know, some you see Jeffrey Combs just being a weirdo. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just great to see Jeffrey Combs in anything, really. I think this performance of his career is my favorite. I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was so much fun in this. <laughs> yeah, it feels like, and I, I know we'll get into this later, but it feels like his character was not meant to be as big of a foil as, as it is. Yeah. Um, and it's all about the actor that you put in that role, and he makes it so big in this movie that you're almost like, I'd love to see a prequel of that character. Yeah. Especially with his whole long speech he has about all the things he's gone through in yeah. life, and yeah, all the shit. Well, the road 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 story, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of surprising that, like, some actors really, like, fall into being villains, and they just kind of, like, keep playing villains. And, like, I'm surprised Jeffrey Combs never really, like, fell into that, because, like, he seems like a guy you would just be like, yeah, just put him in as the villain. He'll be great. Like, it, I, I think it just kind of solidifies his, um, his, uh, the knowledge that he is a dependable actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he is, any role he's going to bring so much to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what is the Frighteners even about? Well, after an accident, Frank is able to see and speak with ghosts. He uses them to haunt a few houses in the neighborhood and then uses his psychic abilities to exercise the houses for a fee. So he's a scammer, basically. But, uh, 
What is Michael J. Fox scamming you? Are you really going to be that upset? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, and technically there are actual ghosts doing it, you know? Yeah. He's just the one putting them there. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, yeah. Uh, oops, I'm, both of you watched this. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I saw it with, uh, with a, a, um, one of my best friends in Calgary. Um, and it freaked the shit out of me. There's a bunch of stuff in it that just absolutely, um, like I hadn't seen before and you you have to kind of uh, lend that to Peter Jackson and and the beginnings of uh, the Weta studio and stuff because there's some stuff in there that was never I'd never experienced before on screen by the way he cameos in this movie too if you keep an eye out for Peter Jackson he plays like uh, like the punk rock guy Mm -hmm. like oh with the weird things in his face that guy yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is great um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. First time watch for me. Uh, I didn't know I watched it, like, probably in my early 20s. Um, I mean, I knew Lord of the Rings, and so I was going through, like, Peter Jackson's filmography, and I didn't even realize that he had, like, a horror background. So I ended up watching, like, yeah, Brain Dead, The Frighteners, you know, and then Meet the Feebles. I don't know if I did that one, but... Yeah, I would do that. Yeah. Like, it was very, like, oh, picking and choosing one. Like, now, if I do something like that, I'll definitely do every movie. But I think back then, I was like, this looks good, I'll do that one. Oh, this one looks good, I'll do that one. Not realizing that sometimes you miss on some decent movies doing mm-hmm. that. But, no, I watched uh, both of these, and, yeah, they were... I mean, I like both movies. I tend to like Brain Dead more, just because Brain Dead is so absurd. The Frighteners feels a little more commercial to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels a little more sterilized, a little more safe. You know, I'm guessing this is back when Peter Jackson was a little bit more, like, in the studio system. I mean, it's still a good movie, but, like, he, he doesn't take the risk that he does with Brain Dead. Um, but uh, still a good movie, and, like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's nice when actors like Michael J. Fox step outside their comfort zone. Like, God, like, for so many people, like, he's Martin McFly, right? So... <clears throat> You see him being like a scam artist or something else that's like a little bit less desirable. You kind of, you know, you're like, oh, okay, this is something different for him. Mind you, they definitely like try to redeem him with the whole like angle of, I think this is his wife or something like that. So, yeah. So, it, Frank is a complete 180 from, from Marty McFly, and I think that's what yeah. makes it that much, yeah, it makes it work that much more. Which is funny because apparently on set, he kept calling Judge Doc by accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even in his mind, he's like, still on that bad wagon but oh uh, yeah this is a movie that had been like on one of my lists like i make a bunch of lists of movies that i either see about online or read about online and I go oh that sounds interesting i should write that down for later and this yeah. is one of those that i had on a list for ages and it, i just never got around to watching it because i was always watching other things um so technically i didn't watch it until uh it came out for the podcast um which I kind of regret now because this this is kind of yeah it it was horror comedy I I feel like is probably one of my favorite genres subgenres well, I don't know if you'd call it that but yeah um and this yeah this was this was really good there was just some just goo- good goofiness mm-hmm. in this movie that really hit me <laughs> and I yeah. totally miss Trini Al- Alvarado I th- I think she's so great and yeah I, it was just like oh whatever happened you you just constantly thinking like Oh man, she should still be around now, but whatever happened to her? I think she just, you know, kind of quit. Mm-hmm. 
panels. Yeah, she was she was big in the nineties. There was, she was in just so much stuff in the nineties. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think the last like credit really is Black Box in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh got a couple emails. Riley says, Why is Arlie Emery in this so weird? Are you getting a play? Really? Have you, yeah, well, he, Peter Jackson wrote that role thinking that, it, like, because it, it is, there's so much of this movie that's parody and it's um, influenced from all different angles. There's so much. I mean, there's Return of the Living Dead stuff in there. There's yeah. so many different things in there that they, he had written that thinking that he would just get, like, a, like a, a New Zealand actor to imitate the role. And then they weren't, he wasn't satisfied with any of the auditions that he was getting, so he just approached Arlie Ermey. Uh, and he, he was like, "Yeah, I'll come down to New Zealand and do this. Let's do this." So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, is that a, is that a question a complaint? I don't. Yeah. Who else would you get to play that role? Like, if you I have mean, Arlie Ermey, you're yeah. gonna be like, "Nah, man, that's I'm fine." I think like what? It's a little distracting. I could see that maybe being an issue where like his presence is so predominant when he shows up that it's like, oh, it's it's almost like a cameo, but not really. I can see if I'm gonna sliced in half, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like, I loved it when he shows up. Like, I think it's yeah. great because like, it, it you're it's it's like such a fulfillment of like, of course you're gonna get him for that type of role, right? Like, mm-hmm. he he is that role more or less, right? So, I mean, I, yeah. I think with this movie, what's interesting too is there's a couple of characters that aren't actually needed for the plot. They're just kind of there to be fun and like, yeah, yeah throw a little comedy in. Like Milton Danvers, Jeffrey Combs' character, I don't think he's actually integral to anything that's happening in the plot other than to be an annoying person who gets in the way of what they're trying to actually do. Mm. But he's not actually the big bad. He's not actually the one who's going out and killing people, right? No. So, uh, I, th- I feel like the same could potentially be said with, yeah, the, the he was the ghost in the graveyard, right? Who, uh, the, I don't know, I don't remember if he actually had a name or not, but... Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, maybe that's kind of where that is coming from a little bit too. That yeah, he, he didn't kind of get like a ton of stuff to do himself, but he was there because it was like a callback and it was just like a fun thing that you can have extra in this movie. So, well, even yeah. like, maybe it wasn't even a call a callback to Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. Maybe uh, maybe Peter Jackson saw the future and he's playing Sheriff Hoyt. Ooh. <laughs> well, even like Peter Dobson's character Ray, like. I don't know. You can make the argument his character's probably like over and done with, but then he still hangs around, and you're like, okay, like, I, I like the joke in your arm, but I'm like, oh, it's interesting that like I think in other movies they would have just shuffled him to the side, and like, no, we're gonna keep him around. He's gonna ghost it up. I love all the all the in our own universe inclusion that Fran Walsh and, and Peter Jackson bring to their movies is Ray's last name is Linsky, which throws back to their previous movie, he- uh, Heavenly Creatures, mm-hmm. which stars Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky. Mm-hmm. You know, I just Who's actually in the movie. They're, they cameo in the movie, too. Oh, okay. Winslet and and, uh, and Melanie Linsky. Melanie yeah. Linsky actually shows up twice in the movie. So She's I once understand. in the police station, and then once uh, her and Kate Winslet are on a black-and-white poster of two serial killer girls, which is actually their characters from Heavenly Creatures. That's wild. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. This movie's dope. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, this movie is awesome, and other people are going to be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is definitely one that requires a rewatch to catch all of that stuff, too, because the yeah. first time through, you're you're not necessarily looking for it as, as deeply, you know? Yeah. It's wild to me that they have 
on Jeffrey Combs IMDb for is known for it. They have this above Reanimator. I feel like I would put Reanimator as just like number one known for personally. It just blows my mind. I'm like, what? But um, yeah. Uh, Tyler says it's such a fun idea for a movie. A guy who actually sees ghosts but only uses them to con people out of money mm-hmm. and then has to convince people he's not a comment to stop a ghostly serial killer. Genius. Yeah, that's a pretty good premise. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It totally is. Yeah, because yeah, because he buys into the dirtbag side of it first, and then he was just like, "Oh no, wait! If I keep on this path, a lot of people are gonna get hurt." And it's very he has remorse, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the movie, he doesn't seem to give a shit about like literally anything. Like, like yeah. even his ghost friends or whatever, they try and talk to him, and he literally could not care less about what they have to say. Um, and then it like reaches a turning point where he actually starts to become a human being i guess and like care about that kind of stuff lucy yeah. lucy is kind of the thing to change it right yeah 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 i i did like his character in the beginning though too when he comes back to the house after he's been called for the ghost to rid the house of ghosts and he the first time he, he was there he accidentally hit their fence because he's reaching to grab business cards or something mm-hmm. on, on the road and the second time he comes back he just plows right through the fence again like he doesn't give a shit it was so so funny <laughs> By the way, we haven't talked about Jake Museum's movie, which it was so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. I love how he just like comes in like a wrecking machine in this movie, and it's just he just gives it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like his dad, he's just he's an energy. He's a vibe. He just, <laughs> you know what you're getting when you put a Busey member in that movie in a movie. Yeah. And and I mean John Aston. Yeah. I mean just the makeup stuff alone on Jake uh, on John Aston's character is just. Oh, it's just, I, I love it. I, I paused it so many times, uh, especially in, in the in when he's sitting shotgun with uh, with Frank there. I, I paused that scene so many times because like the jawbone creeping through on the one side. Like there's just so much cool stuff going on there. Yeah, that was really cool. And he's introduced at first with like the dog chewing on his jawbone, and then yeah. he comes in shooting, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. then it kind of explains it after, and it's just the setup and the the, the storytelling of that was so good. <laughs> I mean, as, as commercial as Kurt was saying as this movie is, Peter Jackson is still able to have his own very him structure to this movie. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And I yeah, will say, like, compared to other directors, he does retain his sense mm-hmm. of style throughout this. Compared to other movies where it's like, you know, I, I hate to throw Edgar Wright under the bus, but I saw Last Night in Soho. I you could have told not told me who made that movie, I would have never guessed it was Edgar Wright because it just doesn't feel like his type of movie. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I will, like, what I will say quickly about Last Night at Soho is it was, it's at the bottom of my list when it comes to, uh, to, to films that Edgar Wright has done. But that being said, I still feel like Last Night is still a fucking cool genre masterpiece. Oh, it's so um, I, I mean, I, and I, I tweeted this on Twitter, I'm so pumped with the resurgence of Giallo this year between... Soho and Malignant, like I'm like beaming with with pride here. I would almost consider a censor would be almost another piece of giallo as well. Yeah. Um. But they they keep like I I'm like there is they remember they remember what influenced them and I mean the third act of, of Soho, um, is so dripping with giallo and I fucking love it. The murder scene is just like insanely great. Yeah. There's just so much about it and and just how. Like the movie keep like like I, I saw some things coming, but it's still able to to keep spinning your head to mm-hmm. like in, in in sort of confusion and stuff, and I I really love that. Yeah. 
uh, best line from this movie. My body is a roadmap of pain. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. How, how do you how do you not pick that? It, like like any any of in Danvers um his his deliveries of lines of like yes I am I am I'm an asshole with an Uzi. Like there's so many great deliveries. Yeah, that Uzi line was mine because that I heard that and I I laughed out loud. <laughs> good just the way he delivers it too is just like with an oozy like he's just ah oh, it's it was so good yeah uh there was like a weird sex scene with the mummy and judge and there's some <laughs> weird lines with that like he says there's a reason they call me the hanging judge or i like it when they lie still like that and i'm like what <laughs> yeah like one-off background lines that you if you're not paying attention you wouldn't even kind of like turn your head to but if you are you're like uh and you're like okay well that's problematic probably but also kind of funny at the same time too uh, i don't know yeah that that whole scene and line i don't know i was like <laughs> this is wild this is this is something else entirely but uh, uh best performance i mean jeff Combs. yeah, yeah. I mean, no offense to Michael J. Fox. It, it no, he's really great, and Trini's great. And uh, we've already mentioned Peter Dobson, who I really love. And Peter Dobson was really good at playing dirtbags <laughs> yeah, throughout his entire career. He, yeah. He's really great at, like, slime balls and stuff like that. Um, but after his death, there's, like, certain, like, aspects that are added to his performance mm-hmm. and stuff that I, I really liked, uh, especially the dinner scene. Yes. Yeah, oh, I that really, great. really enjoy that scene. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Jeffrey Combs is just... He's just on a separate level. Yeah, he he's it's it's almost almost slightly his movie in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean he's in the movie because of Reanimator because Peter Jackson was so enamored with his work and that that he's like I just, I need to I need to find a way to work with this guy. So mm-hmm. I mean he writes this role and he's just like oh please just say yes to it. Yeah, it's the perfect role. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I I, I feel like Frighteners. As, as a film should be remembered more than it is mm. um especially like maybe even as like a gateway horror because it kind of operated as that for me so yeah like, and there, it's there's like, certain there's certain things that are, that are easier digestible yeah. yeah and it's not super gory like no. uh, Raiden <laughs> yeah. or, or other movies where yeah. I, I think even in this like I, we haven't gotten the best kill yet but in terms of that it's like i don't think there's even any super gory death scene no no no. And my like like with, like getting to that award, mine is very innocuous too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I totally agree. But uh, Jeffrey Combs, I mean, there's something to be said about his hairstyle in this movie too. Which is modeled after like SSU. Oh, yeah, I was gonna the, say yeah, uh, like he looks like some SS officer, and that's that's great. Um, but yeah, oh, Jeffrey okay. Combs is a real treasure. We just need to celebrate him more. I also just loved this whole idea of his character thinking that he's the one behind all of these deaths and doing all this stuff and moving the car psychically and shit like that. And it's like just so not even what he can even understand. Like it's so different from like I feel like he's into that little paranormal occult thing, but he he has this delusion that he's this being when in fact it's oh no it's this serial killer and his girlfriend and I'm actually going to become a ghost now and take them to hell. So bye. <laughs> Yeah. And then was there any uh, like with him in the back of the the police officer's car at the end? It almost seemed like oh he looked mad. There's something that he's gonna do, but I'm assuming this never got any sequels or anything. No, no. nothing unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. 
it almost would have been fun to have him come back in a sequel as like the big bad ghost or something like that. Totally. I don't think that here. I don't think that they had any intention of doing anything more. Like this was just a standalone. I don't think that there was any intention of continuing anything, even though there's threads yeah. of it that you could. Um, yeah, I think it was just a one and done. Yeah, that's yeah. probably for the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I don't think it was a huge success or anything, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I think like at the time, horror comedies and stuff like this, like totally people just could just not figure that out. Nowadays, mm-hmm. like people get that stuff right away. Like, oh my god! Like, overly like yeah. Tough. But, well, it, you get stuff like ready or not, and like mm-hmm. you know, like things that that love to jump back and forth over the line, yeah, successfully too. So yeah, it only made twenty nine million after inflation, so not that much really when you think about it. It cost twenty six million to make, so yeah, just barely broke even, and that's probably not even true when you consider in the advertising costs and stuff like that. So, uh, best kill. Yeah, not a lot of kills in this, but... The mirror kill is my favorite. Mm. It's absolutely my favorite because it freaked me out as a kid, and I always remember it. Mm. Like when I think about Frighteners, that's probably the first thing, scene that pops into my head. The mirror? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love the Grim Reaper out of the mirror thing. It's so yeah. fucking cool looking. I mean, the giant hell worm at the end is also pretty great too yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true yeah I mean it, that counts as a kill because at least one of them is still alive in that but like I wasn't quite sure if like does it count as a kill like with the ghosts too with the ghosts when they get killed by the Grim Reaper and who I guess is Johnny Bartlett spoilers but um, like they're they're not technically dead like they're just moving on to the other realm or whatever yeah so i'm not sure if i can technically count any of those because i was going to say the one ghost gets the grim reaper's scythe like right in the top of his head and that was pretty gnarly too right before he like deflates back to, <laughs> into his ghost <laughs> yeah i like i kind of like that i like that they had the weird deflating ghosts as they were like being killed by the reaper but mm-hmm. yeah the, the the mirror one was yeah that was pretty cool but all the stuff that they did with the grim reaper and the his cloak and everything like that was very menacing yeah and for that to be a grift as well. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's what I think is another really interesting thing about this movie because it's about, um, you know, Frank trying to legitimate, legitimize what his abilities and stuff like that and to show people that it's not, it's not you know, that he is truthfully who he says he is. And then the, the thing that's killing everything is under a false facade as well. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's like the Reaper's coming to get all these people. It's like, no, 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 it's just like a dirtbag piece of shit start the Charles Stark weather ripoff that's mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Yeah, but I there I like that there is like almost an element of mystery too because for there's a period of time in the movie where you're like, oh my god, did he actually kill his wife? Like when he's in the police station and being questioned and he's like it seems like he's having some flashbacks of memories and revelations and you're like, is he remembering something new? Like is he actually this person that they think he is? Because uh, it also seems to be kind of following him a little bit, like all these mm-hmm. deaths are people around him. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that they played with that a little bit. That was fun. Yeah, and I had to bring up Jim Fife and Shy McBride as his like essentially sidekicks. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were so great. Yeah. They're so great. They're really great. I don't really know Jim Fife at all. Of course, Shy McBride's been in freaking everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh man, they they work so well together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, dumbest decision. 
I, well, the first one I wrote down was when he bent down to pick up his business cards while he was driving really fast down a windy road. But I guess that's kind of his thing, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, Milton's, right before his death, he makes a pretty dumb tactical error. Oh, yeah. So, oh, there's, there's, there's certain, I mean, it's just kind of plot boils for most of them. But, yeah. I don't know. I think, like, at the beginning when um, he's trying to fool the couple, I, I was like, really? Like, I mean, I, I guess uh, the husband's not really buying into it, but I was like, they seem, like, overly okay with this. But, yeah, that's that's one thing about uh, the love interest character. I'm already forgetting her name. Lucy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one thing that I was like, okay, she's, like, a doctor, but this guy's coming in with all these weird... Like, he's very obviously making this shit up in front yeah. of them. <laughs> And she's yeah. just buying into it. I mean, I guess when you were on the bed, she was on the bed as it got lifted, so they already have some kind of visual, I guess, proof of ghosts and things like that. But, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. The whole time I was like, she's really buying into this. And, like, yeah. even he was like, for a bit, he's like, mm, okay. And then he's like, ah, this is bullshit, but it took him a while to get there. Yeah. He had some really great lines during that scene, though. Like, I think there was, at one point, he just sat there and was like, bullshit. And like, I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of falling for it, dude. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks how to rate this. Is it thinking for a score? I'm gonna, like I said, I'm probably gonna go grandiose, and that's just because this movie just has so much nostalgia to me and so much meaning to me that, um, and it's gonna be like, whoa, why are you doing this? But I'm nine out of ten. I love this movie. Okay. I can see that. Uh, I'll also give it a nine out of ten. I do think it's really good. It's, uh, it's one of those movies that just kind of sticks with you in a good way. Absolutely. I might go slightly lower with an 8. I did really like this movie. There were a couple of points where I was like, okay, two hours two hours is a bit long. Um, yeah. But other than that, like, I loved all of the, like, the characters were good, the, the little plots and all the different, uh, just the goofiness. I, I, I'm very, very partial to that. And this movie had it kind of in spades. Not a ton of, like, yeah, super great kills or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it, kind of what Kurt was saying, it, it does seem almost a little more commercial, I guess, so yeah. maybe they were playing that down a little bit um, for theaters or something like that. But, like, I'm comparing yeah. The Frighteners and Brain Dead. I would choose Brain Dead every day because it just feels more unhinged in a way. <laughs> in a way. The, like, the Frighteners is good, but it definitely feels a little more, I don't know, toned down a bit. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a little more, even though there are some like spooky bits and some, like, murderers and things like that. It, it almost seems a little more family-friendly, I guess. Yeah. Like something you can watch with older kids. Yeah. Plus, back yeah. in the 90s where kids just watch pretty much everything. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> if it doesn't prime anything, we'll watch it. Cool. All right. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can hear me every week on uh, The Shift with Shane Hewitt in Canada. Um, at uh, 11 p.m. Pacific time on Thursdays. And uh, I also do uh, one of the three things on uh, the Friday editions of the Jazz Joe Hall Show. And, uh, yeah, I also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm pretty much up to date with all of my um, my newer reviews. I'm still trying to get caught up with all the tremble films we do. Um, actually, I made a mistake yesterday as I reviewed Finch because there was no... 
Um, I couldn't find an embargo in any of my emails about it or on the streaming site or anything like that. Mm. And as soon as I did my review, I was just looking through other reviews, and there weren't any other reviews, and it said embargo November 3rd. And I was like, break. <laughs> so I deleted it. But uh, spoiler, before that, I really liked Finch. So when nice. it's available on Apple TV+, Plus, uh, check it out. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Instagram and Twitch. My username is TechRomnomicon. I usually stream Wednesday nights and Friday nights, but it's kind of casual, so it could change. Um, mostly I do. I was doing video games, and now I'm doing, like, uh, I'm prepping for NaNoWriMo, because I want to actually figure out if I can write something, a book or a short story or something. Uh, and then I do some artsy-fartsy stuff. I'm making some stamps for Christmas cards and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I also have a blog, sircianic.home.blog, um, that I sometimes will post to uh, if I have any other updates about things I'm doing. Nice. Yeah, I'm also on Letterboxd, Fatal Koala. If you want to find out my thoughts on such mediocre movies like Army of Thieves, The French Dispatch, and Antlers. Um, yeah, Army of Thieves. I mean, if you ever want to watch a movie to find out why some dude got so excited about a, a bank vault thing, then watch that movie, I guess. That's like the only reason for it to exist, right? <laughs> Just to like that. Spoilers for Army of Thieves. I don't think anyone really gives a shit, to be honest. But the movie is like, Oh, you know, setting it up and the theater character, and you're like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do to like flesh out his character. And legitimately, the only thing I can land on at the end is that he, they explain why he would have gotten excited to hack into some bank vault thing. And it's because it was like the fourth one, he didn't get a chance to do it. And I'm like, really? That's why I spent yeah. 90 minutes watching this movie? Fuck. <laughs> it shows the depth of, of Zack Schneider's character ability as he uses two and a half hour stories to flesh out one simple ideal. Yeah. Uh, I, and not to say that I, I like uh, Matthias Schweinhofer, is that his name? Oh, he's a great actor. Oh, yeah. He's great, and he's fun, and, and, and is endearing, but like we know essentially the fate of Dieter. Yeah. So well, I released well, this months after. Do we, though? Because apparently Snyder's backtracked on that. He's saying he yeah. might be alive, which... Now, which takes the, it can all which takes all of the emotional weight out of that scene of Army of the Dead, yeah. which already has issues in finding cohesive emotional weight because that movie like once you once Snyder retcons all of it it has zero emotional weight to it whatsoever well, I think Snyder said oh if if Dieter is still alive the first thing he would do is go fight Gwendolyn which is the character in Army of Thieves and I'm like fucking god damn it you were retconning shit left and right buddy like he damn. sucks yeah. he sucks I, I'll, you know come at me bros he sucks <laughs> And Atlers is a movie that is good for the first two acts, and then the third act just shits the bed in like the worst possible way. It's just awful. I uh, yeah. some cool creature and gore effects though. So if anything, watch it for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, film critic. Kurt. I was a guest on the Mike Smith show on News Talk 980 CKW. That was fun. We got to talk horror movies, and uh, people called in and told us their favorite horror movies. I found it. a lot of people really like The Ring. So, there you go. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, threemirrors.com. Got stuff going up. You know, there's, there's, there's stuff. I can't think of exactly what, but there's stuff going up. I do think <laughs> we did a movie commentary for the final Friday, Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's good to, like, cathartic for me to finally get in a long-form format just exactly why that I hate that movie. But... 
Also, it's got some really weird, funny moments. So, cool. Well, with that said, we'll see you all next time. Talk about Brain Dead. And until next time, bye.